for 10 years in a row, ranking Arizona's number one most trusted referral network, rosieonthehouse.com. Information that you can't get anywhere else. And over three decades of Rosie on the House. Ten o'clock hour, it's our open home hour. Open to anything you want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin. All you have to do is call in at one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE4U. Text questions to 411-923. You can email info at rosieonthehouse.com. We've got Rosie uh, here. We've got uh, in the building industry for since the 70s. We've got Jennifer Call Screening. She'll get you on the air. And we'll even take horse questions today. If you have a question about horse your horse, questions? We'll, we'll let Roxy answer any horse Roxy's question you might here. have. Yes. <laughs> Roxy, my granddaughter. Roxy Joe. In particular, who? goat tying. Who? If, if you who want to know about goat tying, call and Roxy Joe will give you pointers. Ro- and Roxy qualified for the junior the rodeo Mike, nationals Mike, in Las Vegas. The Mike Johnson uh, goat tying event with the, like 500 other goat tires. So we'll be in, in Vegas so, in December during the NFR. I will be there to watch that, <laughs> Roxy. All right, we're here to answer your questions about home remodeling or home improvement. The number is one 767 Last hour, we talked about the five W's of remodeling. The why, the where, the who, the when, and the what. You can find that all, all of that at our website, rosieonthehouse.com. One of the things we want to talk about this hour are gates and fences. Why is it in Arizona, Romy, we're the only place that have gates around every backyard? <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a good question. There are some old neighborhoods, uh, Youngtown and Sun City, they tried to get away from every backyard having fenced, and they've got green lawns that just connect all the backyards that everyone just kind of moseys through. You know, Louisiana is like that. You hardly ever see. If there's anything, there's a dog kennel. <laughs> That's right. But yeah. there's no fences. And a gator staked in the middle of the yard for, for protection. <laughs> but gates, walls uh, are very Arizona traditional. And they're the reason for Linda's problem, who's on hold. Let's bring Linda into the conversation. Good morning, Miss Linda. Thank you for your patience. Good morning. This this question just fit so perfect into what we wanted to talk about this hour. Uh, I appreciate you being willing to work with us a little bit. <laughs> tell me, tell me a little bit. Now, offline, you have given us your address. Yes, I did. And I've been able to pull your house up on a map application. So. Tell the listeners what caused you to originally call us. Um, I have a cement patio that is constantly holding water, whether it's rainwater or from my sprinklers. Um, And, of course, as a result, my patio is stained. And I just wondered if there is any kind of uh, simple, inexpensive solution for this. Well... (laughs) Getting rid of the stain, depending on how long it's been there. And if I'm looking at it, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking right down on your house right now. Is that all cool deck or is that acrylic stamped concrete? You know what? Uh, uh, 
the part that's the closest to the house, that is stamped. Okay. And outside of that is cool deck that's no longer cool. And is the, <laughs> is the, where is the staining occurring? Just as you step off the stamped onto right. the cool deck? Exactly, yes. I can almost see it from the aerial shot. Um, well, it may have been there too long, but it, the first thing we do is we attack it with just vinegar and water. And a, well, it's not, you know, I've got to solve the fact that there's water there or yes. I'm going to continue to have stains. That's exactly right. <laughs> and the little grass patch you have next to this slab area is a very irregular shape. So the sprinkler heads have a hard time right. matching all the curves yes. in the lines of your grass. Now, a lot of that can be um, managed. They make sprinkler heads with a little adjustment in the top where you just screw it down with a screwdriver as the spray is spraying and it opens and closes the angle by which the sprayer is leaving the head. Right. But I, I have played around with that somewhat, yeah. but it still hits the cement. <laughs> the, way, the way your cool deck comes up to the stamped, is there a step down onto the cool deck? No. Okay, so that dark shadowy line is this stain you're talking about. <laughs> from, the, from the aerial shot, it looks like it's a shadow of a step. No, it, what you're seeing is it's really a shadow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a shadow. It's, that's not the, most of the staining is on the, I don't know if you can see from your picture, but there is a pool fence there. There's a fence fencing there. Yes, it's, it's yes. It's kind of on the inside because it's around the perimeter. But if it rains, it's not just on the perimeter. There are pools that sit on the cement. Okay. Well, when it, we, we started the hour by talking about backyard walls. And, and, I, and you've got one completely surrounding your backyard, yes. like, like we all do. Yes. Uh, what the city doesn't want you to do is direct that water outside of those walls. What most people try and do is direct it to a corner of the lot uh, and make it their neighbor's problem. Well, that, that's against the law. Uh, the other thing a lot of people try and do is redirect the drainage so it goes to the side of the house, finds its way out to the front yard, drains across the sidewalk, and ends up in the street. That, too, is against the law and against virtually every homeowners association code of conduct. So you've got an area, a tree, just to the north of this area, the only thing you're going to be able to do uh, is play with the sprinkler heads to try and get them to overspray the concrete as little as possible. And in the rain, you may just have to get in there and saw cut a six-inch trench that allows us to put in a drain tile over the top and take that water to the north and let it just make its way to that tree that's located at the northwest corner of your house. Okay. That's probably going to be your best bet. Okay. And then we're going to we're going to develop some drainage uh pits around the root ball of that tree so as the water runs over there it finds a way into the ground 
rather than just puddling and creating another nuisance. You don't want to move the nuisance. You want to take care of the problem. Right. And, and what companies would do that? Well, you know what? You're, you're in a zip code where we're currently doing about four remodeling projects. If, if you wouldn't mind, uh, I'll give you a call, and when I'm running to one of these other jobs, I'll just come by and take a look at it, verify it looks like it's as simple to take care of in person as it looks like from this aerial photo, and then I'll give you the right person. I would love that. Okay. So, Miss Linda, Rosie will call you in this next week. Uh, you're out, you, you live in that 85254 area. That, that tends to be an area we do a ton of remodeling. Like I say, I think we have three going right now. Just I could almost hit your house with a rock from one of our projects. So we'll get me or my, one of my superintendents to come by and take a look at it. But it's, the problem is what the topic of the hour is, walls. And when we put them up in masonry, they become water retention basins that don't let the water go. Which majority of the year is not a problem. Majority of the year is not a problem. When we get a good downpour, it's a big problem. Yeah. And the irregular shape of the grass that she's watering is causing a problem, too. That's going to be a little bit tougher to solve. They were joking about that at the shade conference. It's like, why can't landscape architects? use straight lines on grass because we've yet to design a sprinkler <laughs> no. that they can spray on a, a curved line. <laughs> you, you can adjust how far it sprays away and you can adjust the shape of the fan. But you can, once the water leaves the faucet, you can't make it turn right. No, <laughs> no. And then so it, the next head has to overspray the concrete a little bit. To you, get that inside curve. <laughs> you end up with a lot of water waste. And then if it's a Bermuda grass, after a couple of years, those roots are so uh, strong. You start getting grass showing up outside of your designed area that starts to take up the rest of your finished landscape you didn't want. It's <laughs> quite humorous. But in Arizona, subdivision law states that the water that falls out of the sky needs to stay on your property. So if your neighbor has landscaped in such a way that their surface water is draining onto your lot and causing you a problem, uh, you can bring that issue up to them and hopefully they'll work with you. On the same token, you can't create a problem for any of your neighbors and neither are you supposed to drain that water out to the street to cause street flooding. Because if you did it and everyone else in the subdivision did it, that's what we'd have is a problem. So be thinking about that in modifying any of your landscaping. I can't, I was at a house just this week looking at a roofing problem. And he pointed at his back wall and he said, how much longer is that wall going to stand up? The neighbor has a raised planter on the back side of the wall that gets watered constantly. Well, that water bleeds into this man's backyard, and it's taking the wall out with it eventually. So I wasn't able to tell him how long the wall is going to stand. It looks in pretty bad shape, but he's 
mentioned it to the homeowner, and I guess when the wall falls, you gently remind him it was your sprinkler that took it down. I don't even have any sprinklers in that area. And hopefully the homeowner will stand tall and do what's right and fix it. But you you must retain the water on your lot. And if you're going to do uh, some kind of garden up against a block wall like that, you can. You've just got to waterproof it very well. And there's very good products out there that you can do it and won't hurt leach any chemicals into your soils that would get into your your garden food but you've got to do it right all right a couple follow-up questions i'm going to use to kill time till i (laughs) get my newsletter open to see what the trivia question was for the diamondback diamondbacks tickets giveaway uh, this is for next Saturday's game. We host the Padres. First pitch, 5, 10 p.m. Uh, somebody questioned earlier and said, I just heard something about crawfish today. Yes. If you get yourself to show right. that's right. Crawtoberfest, uh, and they were obviously taking a pun off of crawfish, but if you look at it, uh, broken out, it's craw- crawl to beer fest. <laughs> <laughs> Unincidentally spelled that out. Uh, you can go on to uh, the Sholos Chamber of Commerce website, and they've got a posting there for uh, for the event. Bobby is up there cooking crawfish this weekend. Mudro. Um, and then another person was like, what is the name of that app? I've got a second home. My tax guy was just saying I needed to bring in all the paperwork and documents of all the improvements we've done. Uh, and this would be this would have been a perfect application to oh, have yeah. that all in. So you just go to rosyonthehouse.com slash app. And there you can uh, learn about it. And if that's something you wanted to sign up for, you can. Um, home Zada. It's really a program designed to help you um, manage your house. It, it, it's calendars, it's alerts, it's reminders, it's projections. Uh, by the way, you've got this, you know, your, your roof is coming up on 30 years old. Here's what the average job for roof replacement is going for in your neighborhood. So it can give you the tools to know if you've got to pull out some equity to get it done or take a loan out from the roofer. Most Roofing contractors have uh, lenders they work with now, or if it's something that, uh, you know, you've got your own lender, you know, how are we going to pay for this, whatever, um, whatever it is you need to do for your home. So just go to rosieonthehouse.com slash app. All right, so the trivia question for the Diamondbacks ticket. You know, we were were designing it, and they found us. And uh, it took me six months to call him back because I was so, like, deflated that somebody beat us to market with this thing. And the more I looked at it, I thought, you know, this is this is our struggle was finding a developer that could do it. And I thought, well, here's the developer, and they've already it's got done. it done. So we licensed it for the state of Arizona. Uh, so what year was Luis Gonzalez post team record? A thirty-game hitting streak. And what year did Luis Gonzalez post a team record thirty-game hitting streak? So you would have to be fancy. This is one thing I got to work with Lance on. He he's such a sports fan. 
His trivia questions are so complicated. And you know what's funny? He didn't give me the answer. <laughs> All he says is, hint, it was before they won the World Series. So what year did Luis Gonzalez post a team record 30-game hitting streak? If you know that answer, text it to 411-923. I'll figure out the answer. We'll pick a random right winner in the next uh uh, before the end of the programming segment. We'll have, we'll have two great <laughs> tickets for you to go watch the Padres next Saturday afternoon. Should be a nice game. They're going to they're gonna be able to start leaving the the uh, roof open. It's going to be so nice here. Boy, yeah. it felt great this morning. So we talked about the five W's of remodeling in last hour. We're talking about gates and fences, and there's so much a part of Arizona living. Um, my daughter who lives in Minneapolis, south of Minneapolis, about 20 miles, a little town called Belle Plaine. You can look right straight into the back window of every one of their neighbor's houses. There isn't, there isn't a fence anywhere. You know, is snow the answer? Nowhere. I don't know. Because how... Take the block wall system, the Dooley block wall system of Arizona, Yeah. put it in... Minnesota that gets three feet of snow per year and, cal- and calculate that to the runoff. Is, is that the why they don't do that? It could be. Is snow the answer? But a lot of the problems we hear— It doesn't explain Louisiana. They don't have snow there. It doesn't. But nor block walls. <laughs> the, well, you, in, in having a backyard wall, uh, generally that's either going to be a, a wood post— and slats, or it's going to be masonry. Now, if it's masonry, it can be a fence block, which it most generally is, which is a narrow block that isn't made to hold up a house. It's only made to separate your back wall from your neighbor's back wall. And it's generally not painted, but it can come from the factory pre-stained in several different colors. And a lot of you um, hate the white chalk that shows up on those walls. It's called efflorescence. And when we get back after this short break, I'm going to talk to you about how you can remove that. But better yet, how you can prevent it from ever occurring. On our ongoing conversation about block walls, wood fences, and gates of all types. Here at Rosie on the house. It was 1999. What was? The year Luis Gonzalez had a team record of a 30-game hitting streak. Oh. And if you're... How many right answers did you get? I haven't counted them. No. Um, a lot. And, <laughs> and one person even says, you don't have to look it up. It's 99. I know. <laughs> <laughs> But we got a text confirmation from Lance as well. At the last four digits of your phone number, and then 1682, shoot an email to info at rosieonthehouse.com, the address you would like that sent, and we'll drop them into the mail on the way out of the studio today. Thanks for tuning in and playing along, and go D-backs. That's right. And and this third segment is where we cover our weekly how-to, and Rosie's referenced gates a few times, and that's really what our to-do is, is if you've got an old beat-up gate— or even if it's not beat up, 
You want to keep it looking good. Now Dress this, it up. This is our week to get out there and get our oils on. You know, it's something you could do year-round, but you don't want to stand out there in the heat. Uh, and then under cooler temperatures, you know, if, if we're doing an oil-based on the wood slots, you know, we're at the time where it's warm enough that it can help get a little bit further penetration on those really cold mornings. Uh, in our shorter days, you know, we don't get quite the penetration of wood oils into, uh, into the wood slots that are on our gate. So this is a perfect time of year to do that. Unscrew all the bolts that are holding the wood slots on. Take them off. And it's, there's not two sides to the plank. There's the front back. you got the side edges. And there's the top and bottom. So you've got six different planes on those wood slots to oil. And maybe a two-day project, you get them all laid out on your sawhorses and do the top, the ends, and the two sides today. Flip it over tomorrow and do the back side. Uh, while it's down, if you've got, let's, most of them are black. You, know, you can touch it up with some spray paint. Uh, the metal frame. The metal frame. Of the, of the gate. If you've got anything loose, bolt-wise, that would be a great time to... Uh, repair it however you need to. Epoxy is a great application for this. It's very good at bonding uh, dislike materials and especially masonry and metal together. Uh, if you've got it sagging, you know, spend some time to put in some eye bolts on the top left corner towards the hinge and on the bottom right corner, the farthest swing point away, and you can attach it with two cables and a turnbuckle, and that turnbuckle will let you lift the gate back up if you've got any bit of metal sagging that's happened. You know, a little history. You want a little history on Arizona gates? Oh, okay. Uh, back in the 60s and 70s, we just built wood gates. And it was sometime, I believe, in the 80s, maybe late 70s, but I think it was the early 80s. A mason, I believe he was primarily out in the Scottsdale area, decided he was tired of people <laughs> hanging radio gates on all his block walls. So he started a company called Arizona Gate. And he's the one that came up with this wrought iron gate with the wood slats. I think, as my memory serves me right, the Maloof brothers, the Maloof builders, were the first one to jump on this gate, saying this makes a lot of sense. That guy that founded Arizona Gate Company went on to do really, really well. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't hardly see any wood gates go up anymore. <laughs> They're all some variation of what he created back at that time. And I don't know how many guys he had at one time, but Arizona Gate grew to be a ginormous company. Now, you were talking about real wood slats. You know, that's usually a, a cedar uh, slat that you, fence post slat that you install. But I tell you what, uh, my gate at my house, as the wood has deteriorated, I've quit sealing and finishing. Trex makes mm. a plank that fits that exact nice. dimension. And uh, now as the wood is deteriorating, I just keep replacing it with Trex, turning the gate into... That is a great application for Trex. Non-load-bearing, 
purely decorative. Uh, made I, out of recycled milk bottles. Made out of recycled material. And uh, it seems to hold up to dog anxiety <laughs> just about as well as the wood plank does. And so. like all things, it has gotten better with time. You know, we've we've liked it. I think the first project I remember using Trex was Mama Kay's Jacuzzi. That's and, right. You know, the early 2000s. You know, and we're, we're 18, 19 years of, of enhancements and updates. The look is better. Um, the, the color options have increased. And it's a great product that will last you many years without having to have oil or paint. Or splitters. Or splinters. <laughs> and I don't know, could you recycle Trex to make Trex again? <laughs> now that I don't know. At the know. point, <laughs> it's been know. out in the sun and deteriorated. Well, all right. Well, Andy's on the line with a plumbing question. If you'd like to join the conversation, it's one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight. Rosie, for you, or that, that wraps up our weekly to do. I don't In that gate, you can complete that task. And uh, I want to get Rosie back to efflorescence too. I don't know what you're reading, but I I think the man on the phone is Glenn. Oh, Glenn. Yeah, it's Glenn. What I said. All right, you said Andy. <laughs> All oh, right, a Glenn. texter was asking about Andy. <laughs> you got too many things going on over there. All right, all right, Glenn, what's your question? Well, I got a bathtub, uh, and you, I have a little, on the end of the bathtub, you flip up the latch, and it's supposed to stop the water from uh, draining. Uh, that is completely, it's broke. It doesn't stop anything. And then, uh, of course, I have another little switch on it that turns it from a bathtub or runs water out of the for the bathtub and switches to shower neither one of those work so i was thinking of just replacing it but i've never took one of those things apart before so, so i'm not sure exactly what i am getting myself into the little plunger that seals the bathtub for you to fill it up with water is broken did i hear that right yeah. Okay. That that's a fairly extensive repair. So extensive that you ought to just go to Ace Hardware and buy a rubber stopper. <laughs> uh and just rubber stopper it uh whenever you want to fill it up. Well, the problem I have there is I'm trying to sell the house here in the next uh four to six months. Are you? So I'm doing all these little repairs just to Make sure they don't come back and look, can you fix this? Can yeah. You fix that? So I well, wanted to get it, make sure it was done, what, but. What's, uh, what's the vintage of your home, Glenn? Uh, it was built in 79. 79. The, the plunger repair is fairly extensive. <laughs> the, the selector plunger that selects it between tub and shower can be extensive depending on what the specific problem is or it can be fairly simple um and depending on the layout of your home is going to depend on how easy that is if that in the back if that is up against an exterior wall that's that's bad for this project you're trying to do. But if it happens to be an interior wall or up against a closet, yeah. as often as it can be, that you can, you open can go up. in through the closet and open up the drywall and get to your work area. Um, but I just have to ask you, uh, are you at work right now? 
Uh, yeah. Do you work at a manufacturing plant? Uh, no. There's. <laughs> it sounded like a very rhythmic machine, like stamping out something behind you that's oh, pneumatically uh, operated. <laughs> no, uh, no, I will, I work for a delivery company, so gotcha. uh, I was getting out of my work truck at the time. <laughs> well, when you're, uh, I had some sliding doors going and when you've all got that good stuff. When you've got a little extra time on your hands in making the delivery, I would tell you to take photographs of your plumbing fixtures into a plumbing wholesale house. Um, Merkel, Central Arizona Supply, Ferguson, and just show the guys on the counter, look, this is what I've got. Why don't you show me the part that I would need to fix it? And when you see the part, then you're going to know if it's something you want to try and tackle or not. Glenn, we appreciate the phone call. I hope that little bit of guidance helps you out a little bit. Good luck on the sale of the house, and uh, good luck on uh, your relocation. And I know you're trying to get it fixed up for the other homeowner. That's that's great and everything. But I, like Rosie said, a rubber stopper is not that big of a, of a deal. Um, and you're not going to get beat up too bad on that price in a sales transaction of the home. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't look to go overboard and spend a lot of money here on, on something that a rubber stopper could could solve. If if the house was much older, like in the early 70s or 60s, uh, fixing that plunger is a big job, a really <laughs> big job. <laughs> so good luck, Glenn. We'll go to Tucson and bring Dave into the conversation at one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. David, good morning. Good morning. Well, I live in a house built in 1958, cinder block wall, and uh, parts of the wall were painted. And after a few years, now it's uh, beginning to look bad. And I have no idea of what kind of paint to use on it. Okay. Well, David, uh, you're probably going to want to start, depending on how bad it looks. I would tell you, when do you think the last time it was painted, if you had to guess? Uh, I imagine it was original. I don't think it was painted since... I know it wasn't painted since 1968. <laughs> okay. Well, here's what you're going to want to do. It's not looking bad. It's okay. just fading. Well, you're going to need to pressure wash that surface first, okay? So okay. rent a pressure washer, borrow a pressure washer. You don't want to put the nozzle way, real up close. All you're trying to do is take over... Take off the top layer of faded paint. And then if the paint starts leaving the face of the block, in every place that you get back to raw block, I would tell you buy a, a, a block primer called block fill. Paint those areas. Once you take the chalk off the paint that you've got and all the loose paint off, then you could reapply a good exterior 100% acrylic paint. Uh, the fact that it's already been painted, you probably don't have to prime it with block fill or F-stop. Uh, just give it two good coats, roll it on. Uh, but again, exterior, masonry, 100% acrylic. That paint from a good manufacturer is going to cost you above $30 a gallon. Uh You'll be able to get cheaper paint on sale, 
special places, but it isn't the grade that you want, okay? Good exterior, high acrylic paint is going to be as much as $40 a gallon for a homeowner. And they'll be able to tell you what kind of coverage a gallon. Each manufacturer is a little different, and depending on what surface you're going over, it's a little different. But you'll be able to, you know, they'll be able to tell you how much that particular product will cover. And but I, that that is one of those things I don't understand. It does for as small as it increases the overall cost of a paint job, and how many more years you get out of it, versus cutting a corner, going with a cheaper paint, and having to paint a couple years sooner i mean that that price spread out over a couple years that difference makes it pretty easy decision for me yeah i don't like ending the show with anybody on hold so let's uh Let's get to Ed real quick and see if we can answer his question before we're out for the week. Good morning, Ed. How can we help you? Morning, Rosie. Uh, I live in uh, service to Arizona, Ooh. and uh, I have a, a tub. It's a one-piece fiberglass tub. It's uh, 28 years old. Uh, I really need to get it uh, uh, ex- you know, replaced. And uh, I was wondering if if you had any uh, Rosie uh, certified, uh, I guess you would call them plumbers, that could come in and do the job. Um, boy, you are like in no man's land. You're exactly in between <laughs> all the places we have somebody in beautiful Sierra Vista. Um, I'm looking in our database. It's a little slow. It's thinking. It's searching. Um, But while you're looking, Ed, is is the fiberglass cracked or damaged, or do you just want to upgrade it to like a porcelain uh, tile product? It's it's damaged. It's got a hole in it that I tried to patch. Didn't do a good job. Okay. And and it's also cracked. It's a one piece. Yeah, yeah. And what what do you want when you're done? Do you want to go back with fiberglass, or do you want to go back in there with a porcelain or steel tub and some ceramic tile? Uh, well, I don't know what would be the the uh, uh, the best plan. <laughs> porcelain. I'd go with porcelain. Okay. All right. Well, I tell you what, uh, I'm going to take you off air, and I'm going to have you send us a picture of what it is you're dealing with. And then I'm going to make a couple phone calls to people I know in the area. And let me see if I can't find you somebody. There's a chance that I could talk our friends at Rebath of Tucson to run over and do it. But I, but I need to check with him first. And Wacy's parents have lived in Sierra Vista yeah. 20 years. He's a interrogator for the Army stationed out of Fort Huachuca. 
that uh, I'm sure in 20 years period of time, they've had to call a plumber or two yeah. over the years. It might have been Wacy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> but if not, we'll, we'll find a referral for you. We'll find somebody for you, Ed. Now, and we appreciate the call. Boy, I love Sierra Vista. The outskirts Beautiful. are hard. We got a call from Greer this morning, too. You just have, We just have to do a little digging. We don't keep partners in those little remote areas, but they still need work it's done. It's not that we don't keep them. Just they're just the, they're not available. And and by the time we get somebody through the screening process, and, yeah. you know, a lot of rural communities like that. What did um, they? They're what not there they, to work. They're there to retire. Yes, so they don't have the competition <laughs> yeah. of, you know, like, I think there's 40,000 air yeah. conditioning companies. We put them on the list if we had them, for what sure. Did, what did the family in Greer want done? Um, oh, a bad water damage and oh. mold and stuff. Hey, you wouldn't, would you like to know the final count on the Facebook challenge of your yes yes or no to the mustache? I'd like to move to Greer and start that <laughs> company Romy and I have always talked about, Arizona Mountain Masonry Homes. But that'll have to wait. <laughs> 35 want it back. Thirty-nine say no. Oh, and we that's also just have a vote today, for right? yeah. That's just last today. week there was yeah. It was kind of the same proportions though, and uh, got a vote for a beard. And Aaron says you look more like Romy's brother than his dad without the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Are they saying I look old? I'll take Is that. that. <laughs> no, I don't think that was the point at all. <laughs> that's not the first time we were at a restaurant in People's Valley uh, when it was still open. That it's been closed for years now, but. I remember the sitting there after a outing and getting a cheeseburger before the drive home, and the waitress said, "Are you guys brothers or something?" <laughs> <laughs> Is she insulting me or complimenting you? I'm not sure. As, <laughs> as up at Kirkland Junction, uh, uh, this was People's Valley, south of Kirkland. Yeah, Junction. okay, all right. I the, do remember. There's that. the that gas good, station. That was a good cheeseburger, and the building's red. And yeah, yeah. the guy actually would drive all the way over from Lake Havasu. I remember thinking. He's had a four-hour drive. Almost. How? <laughs> All right, folks. Well, we hope we helped you around your house, home, castle, or cabin today. I didn't get to talking about how to deal with efflorescence. Efflorescence is salt that comes out of the block in the mortar. Uh, we're called the Salt River Valley for a good reason. We make all of our concrete out of the aggregates that come out of the Salt River. There are actually salt deposits up in the Apache Indian Reservation. That salt then gets wet in our concrete block walls. It dries. The salt goes to the surface. And you have this white, chalky surface. To find out how to deal with it, go to rosieonthehouse.com and look up the weekly to-do right there on the front page. It'll tell you how to deal with it. Boy, I'm glad you tuned in. I hope you're half as glad for tuning in as I am that you that you are for tuning in. Find us at rosieonthehouse.com. Next week, we'll be back.